somebody just said to me, I like your outfit, but I can't quite tell what you are. Well, today, I am the nativity. I'm a cross between Mary, a Roman centurion, and a shepherd. So whatever your head thing looks like, it's fine. Go with it. I do just like dressing up. (laughs) So today, we are going to tell the most amazing and wonderful true story. We're remembering about when Jesus was born. And for lots of us, this is a story we've heard many times So just before we tell it, I'd love us to pray, and we're going to ask God to come make it real to us today. So wherever you are, perhaps you want to shut your eyes for a moment, and let's pray. Father God, loving Jesus, precious Holy Spirit, thank you for the wonder of this true story. And as we celebrate the birth of baby Jesus today, please will you come and make it real to us in a new way. Come, dear Holy Spirit, and open our eyes and open our ears to your truth. Amen. Now, I thought today I could just tell you the story or read you the story, but actually, I would really like you to be involved. Is that okay? So, I've got the story here, and as I tell it, there are certain words, and when I say that word, you've got to listen out for that word. And then when I say it, you've either got to do something or make a noise. Is everybody up for that? Please don't leave me hanging, all right? Otherwise, this could be really embarrassing. So we're going to start off. And within this story, of course, it's a story about a baby. So what's your best baby noise? When I say the word baby, what kind of noise could you make? Fantastic. So when we hear the word baby, we're going to make a kind of noise. Now, the next word I want you to watch out for, in this story, there are lots of animals. Some of you have got donkey masks on. Some of you are dressed like sheep. Any other animals in the house today? Any cows? Or We've got a cow over there. Fantastic, Heidi. Well done. So can you make me your best animal noise? Wow. I'm not sure there was a lion in the Christmas story, but hey. So we've got the baby, we've got some animal noises. Then, of course, there were some angels that turned up. Nigel mentioned those already. And I want your best singing voice with this one, because when we hear the word angel, we're going to say, hallelujah. Can you do that? Oh, you've got a choir. That's amazing. Our own choir of angels. A bit later on in the story, we're going to hear about a star. And so you could, if your hands are free, we can do twinkle, twinkle. You need to say the words twinkle, twinkle. Brilliant. And then we also have a bit of a baddie in this story. There was a bad king whose name was Herod. And that's right, we need a really good boo. So when I say the word Herod, you're going to say... Boo. You guys are professionals at this already. So we have a quick recap. So when you say the word baby, you're going to say... Fantastic. When we say animals, you're going to say? No, not boo. When we say Herod, what are you going to say? Fantastic. How about when we hear the word angels? That's great. Let's get cracking then. Listen out for the words. So Mary and Joseph had traveled all night. It was a long journey, and Mary was very uncomfortable because she was about to have a baby. 
When they got to Bethlehem, which was the place she was headed for, they tried to find somewhere to stay, but everywhere was full. So Mary had her baby where the animals lived. You're doing great. And they wrapped the baby in pieces of cloth to keep him warm and laid him in the trough that the animals ate from. Well done. And they called the baby. Oh, come on, we're flagging a bit with the baby. He does come up quite a lot, so you've got to keep your baby noises going. They called the baby Jesus, and he was the son of God. That same night when Mary had her baby, there were shepherds nearby in a field, and they were looking after their sheep. (laughs) Bonus one there, well done. (laughs) An angel appeared. looking very bright, and they were all afraid. But the angel told them not to be frightened and told them about Mary's baby. Then a huge crowd of angels. No, it was a bigger crowd than that. Do you know, it was the heavenly host. Come on. Wonderful. The huge crowd of angels appeared in the sky, singing beautiful songs and praising God. Then the angels went back to heaven, and the shepherds decided to go and visit the baby. So they hurried off to Bethlehem. They found Mary and Joseph, and they knew this was the Jesus, the baby, because the angel had told them that he would be wrapped up in pieces of cloth and lying in a trough that the animals ate from. You're doing great. Well done. They told Mary and Joseph about the angels. And everyone was amazed. And then the shepherds went back to their fields, singing praises to God, just like the angels had done. Right, you ready for a new one now? We're getting ready for the stars, which were twinkle, twinkle. Do you remember? Not long after that, some men who studied the stars, twinkle, 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 came looking for Jesus from another country because they'd seen a special star in the sky. And that showed them that this baby was a king. So first, they went to see King Herod in a place called Jerusalem. But he didn't know anything about it. Herod hadn't seen the star, twinkle, twinkle, or heard any angels. So he asked for some of his advisors, and they told him to look in Bethlehem. So the men set off again, and they saw the star. Twinkle, 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 that they've been following, and it made them very happy. The star, twinkle, 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 stopped over a house, and there they found Mary and Joseph with Jesus. So they took out their presents, and they gave them to him, and they worshipped him. Then they got up and left, and they didn't go back to King Herod, because an angel told them not to. 
So instead, they went back home to their own country. Wow, I think you deserve to give yourselves a clap for that. That was amazing. Now, we've told our version of the Christmas story, and we're going to watch a little video now with somebody else saying how they think it might have looked. Thoughts with you, just for a couple of moments. Believe me, this is a very short talk. Those of you who know about my talks, this is a three-slide talk, okay? Three-slide talk, and there are even three slides that we've done, I've used before. You see, I was thinking this morning about Christmas. Christmas, what's it all about? In fact, I was listening to an interview with the Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, for those of you who listen to these sorts of things, it was on Five Live do a news podcast called Newscast. And they did an absolutely brilliant interview with Justin Welby this week. And he just came across, always comes across so well, talking about hope, the hope that's at Christmas. He told some really moving stories, actually. He told a story about being with somebody and about praying with them. Which is, I don't know if you know this, but during the first, the really, the really um, hard COVID season last year, um, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, went across the road to the hospital and volunteered as a chaplain there. And because yeah, they all had to wear their, their, their PPE stuff, nobody could really see who he was. But he, he was just talking about how moving it was to be able to go and pray with different people. And he shared a story about praying with a lady who wasn't, even, wasn't a Christian, um, actually from a Muslim background, I think, but had just asked. The lady was unconscious and the family had asked anybody, just somebody, to go and pray with this lady. They said, it doesn't matter what faith you are, just please come and pray. And, and Justin Welby talked about how moving it was just to kneel by this lady's bed and to hold her hand. She was unconscious and just to pray. And, he, and then he said this, because this was on a news, a Five Live newscast. He said, he, he said to the news presenters, you are going to um, think this sounds a bit weird and a bit mystical, but uh, the presence of God came in that room as I prayed for that girl, and it was very powerful, and I will never forget it. And I just thought, what a wonderful picture of what Christmas is really about. It's about hope. Um, you see, in the Bible, God's people were really used to having to wait for things. They had long periods of waiting for God to help them. They were slaves in Egypt for many, many years. They were wandering in the desert for 40 years. They were waiting in exile and then the, the period between with the Old Testament that we know and the New Testament when Jesus comes, it's about 400 years that God's people were waiting. Um, I did a talk in church to the grown-ups about a month ago. And the first, I just got three slides from that. And the first slide, can you just put the first one up? We, we, we talked all about waiting. And it was about the fact that God, you haven't got the slides. Okay, fine. It was about the fact that God is not usually in a hurry. God is not usually in a hurry. And the thing is, sometimes we find ourselves waiting for things to happen, don't we? we? You know, God's people found themselves waiting, waiting for a long time. Waiting for 400 years for things to happen. Waiting for a Messiah to come. They were having a tough time. They were having a really hard time. And even when Jesus was born, you know, we read about it now and we know the story really well. And we know about Mary and Joseph and the innkeeper and the angels and the shepherds. We know all about them. We know about them, but hardly anybody at the time knew about them. It wasn't like it made the local news. It wasn't like it could go out on Twitter or um, 
you know, Instagram or Facebook or something. It wasn't like the news could spread. So this thing happened in Bethlehem, and a few people got to know about it. Thank you, brilliant. A few people got to know about it, but actually, and then Jesus disappeared again into obscurity for about 30 years. So it isn't like this thing happened and everybody was celebrating every year. People were still waiting. And then when Jesus grew up, which took 30 years, and then when he started his ministry, all of a sudden people are starting to say, oh, who's this guy? This guy's the Messiah. There's one man that we read about in the Bible. His name's Simeon. And he's an old guy and he was in the temple. And when Mary and Joseph, it says, brought Jesus to the temple, he recognized, he said, this is, this is the baby. This is the Messiah. And then he said, I think something like, right, Lord, you can let me die now because I've seen that you're coming. You see, Jesus changed the world forever. And that was God's response to his people waiting. And uh, my second slide says this, what are we waiting for? I wonder if you can put the next one up for me. What are we waiting for? You see, God is not usually in a hurry. Maybe you're waiting for a holiday, for some time off. I certainly, I certainly am. or have been for a few weeks. Really looking forward to it. Maybe you're waiting for your health to improve. Maybe you're waiting for a vaccine booster. Maybe you're waiting for relationships to get better. Maybe you're waiting to see your family. Maybe you're waiting for your children to just grow up a little bit more to the next stage because the next stage is, seems like it's going to be easier than this one. Our children have grown up, and I tell you, it doesn't really get easier. That's a fallacy. <laughs> okay? But the truth is sometimes we feel like we are just waiting. We're just waiting. Maybe we're waiting for COVID to go away. Maybe we're waiting for our church to go back to normal, for life to go. I'm, I tell you, I am really waiting for a time when we don't have to wear these masks anymore. Can't wait. But the Christmas story reminds us, though, that even though we have to wait, we don't wait in vain. We wait with hope. And uh, how are we doing with these? Have, we, have you got the third one for me? There's a verse in the Bible in Romans, and it's Romans chapter 8. Before you put the next slide up for me, it's Romans chapter 8, verse 8 and 9. Sorry, verses 18 and 19. And I'm just going to read it to you, okay? Because it talks about waiting. And Paul talks about waiting in this verse. And I was hoping I could read it to you, but it's disappeared from my computer, so I'm going to read it from here. Sorry, guys, be with you in one second. Here it is. It says, Paul says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed. And then he says, for the creation waits, eager in expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We'll come to that. And then this bit comes next. We'll come to that in a second. See, Paul's writing about waiting. And he says, when we wait, we wait in hope. Why are we hopeful? We're hopeful because of a future glory. And that's what the story of Jesus points to. That's what the Bible talks about. That's what, as Christians, we believe. We believe that when Jesus came, heaven started to come. The kingdom of heaven started to break in to our world. And so everything that we're struggling with now, everything that we're waiting for now, we wait in anticipation of future glory. And sometimes, don't we, we see these um, moments, these opportunities when God's glory breaks through. We, we, we see someone healed, okay? We have a sense of God's spirit. Even just a moment of God's presence, like the archbishop was talking about in that hospital room. And we see just a moment, just a glimpse 
of the glory of the kingdom of heaven break through. And when we do that, it means it gives us the hope that we can wait. And then this verse just comes after that, and it's in the message. It says, all around us we deserve a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. It's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies are yearning for full deliverance. And that's why waiting doesn't diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. And then I love this verse. We are enlarged in the waiting. And of course, that's not, I'm not talking about enlarged physically. I'm talking about enlarged spiritually, enlarged in heart, enlarged in character. As we wait for God to come, as we wait, God meets with us and we wait in hope. We don't wait with nothing to think of, with nothing to live for. We wait in hope and that's what Christmas to me is all about. That's why this story is worth remembering and celebrating and even though Many, many years ago, 2,000 years ago, when it happened, it was a small crowd of people that got involved. That's why this story is a worldwide phenomenon now. That's why people dress up like we're doing. People celebrate this story, this story of Mary and Joseph, because it talks about the hope of Jesus, the hope of who Jesus was going to be as he grew. Okay? And we are all part of the story. It started at the first Christmas, but it continues today, and we're all very much part of that. God's kingdom breaking in. He did then and he still does now. And isn't that remarkable? And I would love it if we would just pray this morning. In fact, what we're going to do is we're going to sing in a moment. We're just going to sing a very simple Christmas carol. Guys, how many of you know this song, Away in a Manger? How many of you know the song, Away in a Manger? Can you just put the words up for me, Away in a Manger? And can you particularly put up the third verse? Because I absolutely love this carol. Okay, I have to say that when it says in the second verse, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes, I'm not sure if I buy that, to be honest. It's a, it's a beautiful, poetic line to sing. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure that the baby didn't cry. But anyway, what I really love about this carol is this third verse. Because it's a, it's a, it's a prayer. And it says, be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. And then the next bit says, bless all the dear children in thy tender care, and fit us for heaven to live with you there. And we're going to sing this carol together, and I'd love you to stand, and I'd love you just to join with me as we sing, okay? Because this is a little prayer that we're going to sing, and as we sing it, and as we pray it, I want these to be our words. So as we sing, be near me, Lord Jesus, that's what we're asking. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay close by me forever. And love me, I pray. So why don't we stand together? Why don't we stand together?